notice that it said you are live. That's cute. We're live. It's not letting us connect to Facebook. Oh, there it is. It was giving us an issue for a sec. Ah, I think we're live. All right. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> if not, you know, we go away for uh, for one week, and all of a sudden things start to get difficult. Which well, was totally, I think, I just, I should say that too. Is I was on vacation coming back that night, and I was fucking wrecked. So that's, <laughs> that's really why there was no, you know. So we weren't on last week because of Jason. Everybody heard that. Right, so sorry, guys. <laughs> not like there's any instabilities or anything like that. I was just tired. Uh, you'll notice Jordan's not here right now. Uh, he'll be on a few minutes late tonight. I think uh, Dad Duty's catching up with him. So uh, welcome to episode 11. Uh, this is going to be our hard cider episode. I'm sure we'll get back to ciders at some point in time, like next year or something. But uh, we figured it was timely considering cider season is uh, coming upon us soon. And uh, I, I I like making ciders year round. I haven't uh, really been on my game yet this year, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of get back to ciders in a minute, I guess. Uh, um, wanted to talk about a few things that we have going on um, as far as like the show and schedules and stuff like that goes. Um, so Jason and Jordan's not here, but I think we talked about uh, potentially cutting things down to about three episodes a month. Uh, not because we don't have the content, but there is a, a homebrew club meeting that usually happens uh, the first Monday of every month that we like going to. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to support our local, you know, homebrew community around here. And you know, maybe you know we can do a, a live show, you know, out from the the homebrew club like once in a while or something. Um we're not even sure if those are going to be happening <laughs> yes yet. so so maybe it will still That's be four or say, five if, you know or if, whatever but. yeah if, if there's no meeting and we're bored then we'll probably get on here and talk <laughs> about something and there's got to be a reason to drink on a monday night there's always a reason um so yeah we'll, we'll figure that out um probably what the lineup is going to be looking like is uh a topic every month uh or like a beer style sort of like how we're doing ciders tonight and we've done IPAs, we've done stouts, um, a guest, um, like we've had uh, Tagabrew on and, you know, uh, Trevor and, and Ed and, and those people. And then what, what was uh, what was our third going to be? So the third one, we're going to focus more on the homebrew community Yeah, uh, yeah. and start talking to homebrewers. Talk to, uh, we've got lots of other clubs that we can, we can bring in. Um, and we actually would like to get some homebrewers on and start talking about how they brew, why they brew, what they brew, all, all that kind of stuff. So we'll rotate those three topics with the one week break for the homebrew club meeting if, if that happens. And that kind of leads us into uh, our first beer of the night too, actually, right? Yeah, so this is our, <laughs> our, our first official time um, reviewing a home homebrewers beer on air, right? Like, yeah, uh, Mike Lightfoot, uh, one of the guys in our homebrew club, uh, two Sundays ago, um, I, I saw him down at presidential and he's like, Hey, you should drink some of my beer on air and, and tell me about mm -hmm. it. And I was like, hell yeah, like your beer is delicious. So, um, he ran me, uh, three bottles of California common and we'll talk about what that is. And then, uh, he ran me three bottles of his IPA as well, uh, which I think, I don't know if he's on or not, but I think he said it was a, uh, a sort of a Pliny-ish type of beer. I know there's like hop shot in it and, uh, I want to say Chinook and stuff. So uh, I have the recipe sitting here so we can, yeah. we can look at those when we get it. Uh, we're going to drink the California common first more just cause I didn't want to wreck my palate on the IPA and then not being able to, you know, taste any nuance in the, the California common or anything like that. So, yeah, um, 
I'm going to kill my filter here. My, get rid of my blur. <laughs> I just poured it. I got. I don't have a backlight. So nice amber brown color. Decent head. Just poured it in a pint glass. It's hard to tell because my reflection. The sun's coming in from this way. Yeah, I'll get my no, one too. It's a good looking beer. Very so, good beer. What do you know about California Commons? Not shit. It's yeah. Not a, it's not a style I've really brewed before. Um, haven't done too much research, so I know that you got the knowledge you're going to lay down on me, right? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, also known as steam beers, right? Um, they weren't really popular until uh, Anchor started making them quite a while ago, Anchor Steam. Um, so the color seems appropriate. They're, they're, uh, the main kind of selling point or the, the main thing that people know about these beers is that they're um, they're made with a lager yeast, but they're uh, fermented at like ale temperatures. So it's usually like uh, 65-ish, I think, degrees, uh, something like that. Um, I know White Lab sells a specific yeast uh, that they call like uh, steam yeast or California common yeast or something like that. Um, but they're generally uh, um, mostly just base malt with a little bit of um, like a malt for color uh, in... Mike's case looks like he used a little bit of Munich, some Crystal 40, or Caramel 40, a little bit of Victory, and just a, a splash of uh, pale chocolate malt, too, yep. um, which I like. I was talking to you about the uh, the pale chocolate malt before we even started the episode today. And it might be a, it might be a brulosophy thing, but um, I know Marshall Schott at one point in time mentioned that he throws in about an ounce of uh, pale chocolate malt into like some of his, I think it might be like a blonde or Kolsch or one of his lager recipes or something like yep. that. And it just adds a little bit of a, uh, something to it. And so, yeah, I've started doing something like that too. Um, you know, when it comes to competitions and stuff like that, it just maybe might make your beer stand out just like a pinch more, especially, you know, when you're tasting like a bunch of beers that are really, really similar, anything that gives yours just a, a slight edge, you know, is always a, is always yeah. a good thing. It was interesting. I, like I said, I, I hadn't really read up on that. And I was just looking at his recipe on my phone. Sorry, that's why I had it over here. Um, I hadn't really heard about it for uh, California Common or doing that. But I've done similar things with IPAs and, and thrown in some rye to get that snap, that extra little something special. But um, Mike, if you're watching, cheers. Thanks for the beers. Yeah, it's a... Uh... So it has that that sort of like lager aroma to it. It's not like sulfury, but it <clears throat> it's like that clean aroma that just has a... Uh... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like a, like it just smells like a like a lager. My vocabulary is absolute shit. So you guys will have to apologize <laughs> for me. So I used a bunch of Northern Brew, right? Northern Brew is typically sort of like a a woody, minty sort of hop, and I think that's what they recommend for yeah. um for Anchor Steams, like uh like cloning like recipe and stuff too. And I get yeah. a little bit of that. I get a lot of the 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 toasted malt comes through. Uh, um, you know, the caramel, the caramel is definitely there. Big, yeah. Big caramel sweetness. Um, but not in a bad way, like not cloying. Like it's, mm. it's like, like <clears throat> a little more carbonated than, uh, than maybe like a, you know, a standard like amber ale or something like that would be maybe. No, it definitely which, has, which, a, it has a dry finish. So it's not like it's an under attenuated, it's not a lingering sweetness. I think it's just that malt malt flavor i think it's uh it's really good i like the carbonation on it do you know is it is what let me i'm gonna look this up Sorry. yeah i don't know no he says uh 
No, I don't think he he says anything about like his volumes or anything like that. No, I don't see it on there. And so I think Mike too, if I remember right, um, he bottle conditions, doesn't he? So these are all bottle condition, which is even more impressive because like it's so hard to like nail in carbonation. Sometimes it's it's basically just kind of a guess. Like you can you can determine how much you know sugar you're supposed to mix in and stuff like that. But unless you have a good idea of like what CO two volumes taste like and can like imagine it, I'm so bad at that. I I continuously fuck around with my keg and carbonation and stuff like that until I get it where I want it. So yeah. I gave up on bottle conditioning a long time ago. So it, it is funny. I know, you know, memory and, and, and sensories are, are tied to memory so much. And I, I have had Anchor Steam Beer before. Uh, it's not like my go-to, but I, I, I've even had one, I think, in the last year. And I drink this and it goes, you know, that kind of reminds me of yeah that Steam Beer. So, I you know, I don't get any... <clears throat> Off flavors. I don't or, get any off flavors. I don't think it's unbalanced. I think it's fermented great. If you bottle condition it, it's awesome. Looks like it was bottled on April twenty fifth, so that's what, six, seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago. And and I don't know again, I don't know much about uh steam beers or California comments. So I don't know if they're supposed to lager hmm. you know, like a um like a traditional like lager wood or anything like that, but no, great beer. It is a good beer. So we'll chug this down. Uh, we'll crack the IPA and maybe uh, maybe around eight eight ten or something like that. We'll uh, we'll get Jordan on here eventually too and uh, get his thoughts on it. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't have a <laughs> I don't have any ciders at home right now. I was I was like I need to at least drink one cider for the show today. And of course, like I am going through my fridge and uh, I just can't find like anything. So that's uh, whatever. But we have lots to talk about at least. So. I don't need to be drinking it. I guess I can. I can just blurb. Yeah, I was gonna say I might. I might have a couple of bottles, but I need to go looking for them. <laughs> you got. You got um, some treehouse beer and some lightfoot beer. And... I do. I do have a fridge of treehouse beer sitting next to me. So, uh, not a Michigan beer, um, and uh, definitely not a uh, a home brew beer. But <laughs> so I might might reach over and tap that a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a little early for ciders in the year for, for those of us that have only ever brewed with actual cider. But I mean, you Indian River people uh, or Indian Summer, uh, <laughs> have you have you never done a juice cider? I've never done a juice cider. You guys, you guys talk about it, and I'm always like, man, I want to try that. And even last week, I was grocery shopping in Myers, and I walked by and I saw it all. Hey, there's Jordan. Hey. And oh, uh, wait a second, this is. <laughs> <laughs> gonna move the cans out of the way can't see them it's all good but no i was i was walking through Meyer and i saw it and i was like oh i should do a cider and should uh find myself like uh i was trying to do the math on how many bottles i need to see if they had enough on the shelf so so i was i hopped in just as you were saying you've never done a juice cider and i never have either oh my god really outside of, yeah <laughs> all the ciders that i've made i've never made one from juice <laughs> If um if you like the way that like like Blake's like hard cider tastes or I like mo- like most yeah. of like the Starcut ciders, my guess. So I don't know. I'm gonna totally just say this and get somebody to yell at me or something. But they're probably made <laughs> with juice. I mean, most of the ciders that you taste in most of the breweries are probably made with juice. Hey, if, if and Joe it's not Short, bad. It's not a bad thing. If Joe Shorts wants to join us and talk about how he makes his ciders and and, and clarify <laughs> yeah. that. 
by all means, uh, we will get him on the show. But yeah, <laughs> we can get back to juice in a sec. Um, are, are you drinking Mike's beer, Jordan? I didn't know if you. Sorry, I, I didn't know if we. No, had, no, it's uh, fine. It yet. Yeah, we already cracked them, but uh, thought Good I'd give you. I got a another glass to, here. No, it's it's fine. <laughs> we can what, we can uh, we can have you chug you that down and do the IPA with us, the California Common. Okay. Oh, I don't know if I want to chug a beer on on stream. Should I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, depends on what it is. It's nothing. It's nothing that. Great. Oh, you're already drinking. No, all right. Looks like a hams. No. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you on the IPA then. <laughs> I'll, f- so, I'll finish this up quick. So cider, natural, traditional, whatever cider, right? Um, let's talk about the difference between like making a cider and making a beer. So cider is wine, right? Yep. Um, just kind of like mead is a wine. Um, with brewing beer, we are, uh, as brewers, like usually more in control of like what the end product is going to taste like. Um, there, there are changes with ingredients, like not all two row is made the same. Um, a lot of people will argue to death that English crystal malt is like far different or superior to like American, like caramel malts. Yeah. Um, so on, on that, on the same Avenue, like no two apples are created equal. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I hit a button and something's typing. So hold on a sec here. Um, but My keyboard freaks out sometimes. You're asking me to show XP, Brian. Uh, <laughs> is this the right type of chat? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have one button that's uh, that does some sort of like macro thing, and uh, and uh, once in a while I'll accidentally hit it, and like all sorts of things happen. But in any case, uh, I'll unlock my computer in a second here once it's done freaking out. Can you guys still see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Uh, like I was saying, we we have control of uh, how our end beer is going to taste with our ingredients. When we're making cider, uh, largely we're sort of uh, at the the mercy of the apples or the fruit or you know whatever we're using. Hopefully, apples for cider. No, oh, we just lost him. We lost him. We did. I don't. I don't even think he can hear us. Nope. He's still. No, he's still. He's still chatting away. Um. Yeah. So I guess they keep. And I'm going. sneezing. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go for it, Jordan. I was say. I guess the, you know we can once Brian House back in, he can hop back on his uh, what he was saying. But how how many times do you do ciders a year? You know, I don't know if you guys I, covered this already or not. No, no, we just started just started talking. So, you know, like I said, traditionally I'm 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 a fall. Uh I use fresh pressed juice, so I'm waiting for the, the pressings to happen. I'm picking it up at my local uh farm and um Are you back? I'm back. Okay. Hey, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. Whatever you're saying, I'll get back on my uh, my rambling. No, so then the, we, we were just uh, filling time and, and, and talking about. I only brew. I brew. I only uh, make ciders in the fall. Okay. And, and so then you got these juice guys out here that are making it all year round and making killer ciders. And and I'm okay. jealous. I need to start I, doing that. I misspoke earlier. Oh. I've you... made juice cider. Well, I guess technically. Um, 
so the story as the story goes it was from a cider kit so that was technically i guess concentrate maybe maybe it was considered yeah. juice um yeah it was so yeah I've, I've i've done it once it was it was it was an experiment just dumped it on some yeast cake for a beer uh it was a kit that my sister had left in her garage oh like yeah i remember that one that was, that was like so that. bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but that kind of gets into what brian was saying you know before you know the beer we're, we're working with the recipe we're controlling exactly what goes into it the malts and the the adjuncts and the what flavors and color it's going to be but with cider uh you just kind of left at the mercy of <laughs> And, and, and I literally probably up until about two years ago, um, had no idea how much of a difference, like, uh, the selection of apples, um, you know, would be, uh, in terms of like different ciders. <clears throat> when I first started brewing, I was hands down, like in the camp that all the flavor is going to ferment out. You're going to be left with whatever, like esters or phenols or whatever the yeast produces, and you're going to have alcohol and like, like you're just be left with you know whatever maybe flavor of apple and that's totally absolutely not the case like uh, uh we do local uh cider pickups in the fall at a farm locally called husted or houston depends on who you ask uh but uh um there's a bunch of guys that will show up that uh regularly enter beer into uh, the clint cap competition which is the uh what great lakes international cider and perry competition yep. something like that okay did yep. i get that so it. um uh, a couple of years ago i sat in there for probably an hour just sampling maybe like 10 different ciders that were all completely different and a perry and uh the the quality and stuff was just like absolutely ridiculous and and um, they had a lot of uh, ciders that were uh, blends a lot that were just like single apple varietal uh, ciders and uh and uh i think what's so cool about it's so man it's so cool but it, a lot of that stuff's really hard to source right it's kind of like honey in that like um you have buckwheat honey and blueberry honey and you know just generic wildflower and orange blossom and star thistle you know and, and all these different varietals that actually you know taste different and do different things um in the end product but the the hard part is actually sourcing them you can get honey shipped and it's kind of expensive, but cider generally like not, it's just, it's so expensive for these farms to do something like that. Right. Like, uh, yeah. so it's, it's usually a lot of driving and you're at the mercy of either uh, your gas tank or whatever's local to you. I was going to say, even like, like Houston or however we want to say it um, <laughs> when they, when you can get there uh, and they have like honey crisp, like only mm. or whatever, like that, that stuff can get pretty pricey. If sure. You turn it into cider mm-hmm. um, or turn it into hard cider. But, and that's something I've always wanted to try. I've always wanted to get like a batch of just honey crisp or a single variety apple. Um, and then pair it up against like a, a, I guess a matching batch of mixed and just kind of see if you get to pick out the differences so it's funny i did i did actually get it wasn't uh husted's it was for hags did a honey oh, pressing about that. and uh and i did get a batch two batches actually of of um honey crisp cider and then i like a dumbass went and put half of it uh mixed half of it with pear juice and half of it with uh raspberries 
so I never got to taste what the actual <laughs> honey. <grits> <laughs> <was>. uh, <clears throat> but Brian, you really liked the pear version. It, that it I was. Did. It was. Uh, <laughs> skip, is that the one you entered a uh, Glint Cap? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're hard asses so yeah so everybody told me how great this this uh so it wasn't a perry it was a pear cider it was i i fermented cider and i back sweetened it and flavored it with pear uh concentrate uh and everybody i talked to is like that's good you know it's it tastes great brian you said you liked it i have other people i've got a friend over on the other side of the state tells me it's his favorite drink ever beats beats ace pear cider hands down I, I send it off to Glint Cap, and they tell me it tastes like cooked fruit and, and horse shit. And I was like, wow, that's great. You know? <laughs> and uh, and Glint Cap's another one of those competitions like Siciliano's where every everybody that scores over a threshold medals. And so uh, this was I, – I get that notification that, you know, I forget how many it was. Say it was 200 entrants and 196 of them medaled, and four people didn't, and I was one of them. So – <laughs> that's uh you should buy your own medal for that it up on... <laughs> right fuck all them pay to play people right? <laughs> well then what what makes you know stuff like that hard is that like you know not only are you at the mercy of like the uh the apple you know variety and stuff like that but then you can do a sweet cider semi-sweet dry you can make it sparkling. You can make it still. You can make it, you know, anywhere in between. Um, you know, and all those change like the perception of like all the like apples flavors and stuff like that, right? Yep. So, and you don't really know what you like until you try it. But even then, uh, so apples are a, a produce product. It's not going to taste the same every year, even. Yep. So. That's part of that's part of the reason why I like it's it's a downfall and I guess a positive. It kind of, it's like a choose your own adventure type thing. It is. I mean, it's pick up stuff at, at a at a press. You know, it's like what's it going to be? Even yeah, even even more than uh than brewing. I think it's it's sort of a um, maybe an artistic endeavor, yeah, or something, right? Yeah. So so being a juice, like how many times have you done juice? So I almost exclusively do juice, except in the fall when I can. Um, get that cider so oh, or if i'm if i know i'm going to use a lot of adjuncts and stuff like that so i think three times last year i made i made a um pineapple upside down cake cider oh shit that was good yeah so i i made three different versions of that and uh, oh. as i was trying to play with it and tweak it and uh shout out to distant whistle they're the it's the first they're the first place that i saw try that and i was like obsessed with it ever since then um, but you know, you're adding so much like a uh, crap to that, um, right. You're not, that really, cider, yeah, that you're not going to care about necessarily. The, <laughs> that that the was going to be my question is, whatever. do you, do you notice consistency, you know, using that juice, are you getting the consistent, but you know, if yeah. you, you're right. You're adding all that pineapple stuff in. Then. I, I think the flavors are pretty consistent with that. Um, I also tend to use, so, uh, yeast plays a big difference too. Right. And, uh, in any fermented drink we make um a lot of people use champagne yeast um i've been big into using bell saison um, more just because uh i don't like taking up um space in my temperature control uh like freezers Uh, and stuff like that and bell saison is pretty much like i don't know whatever you want to do like i'll get warm like i'll stay room temperature and it still like ferments like 
dry or whatever. Um, and it doesn't add a whole lot of like weird flavors. I don't think it's like too phenolic or anything like that. Or if it is, it kind of blends in with the, um, the apples a little bit. But once like once you add a crap ton of fruit or something to it anyway, I mean, all that goes away. So, I mean, you're, you're basically just tasting carbonated apple fruit at that point. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, as long as the cider does not contain sorbates, I think which are, which is the most common um, way to shelf stabilize. Yeah, a, a cider, then you're good. Most of them are just boiled, <clears throat> I think, which is kind of a a downfall to using juice. Um, when you boil it, like I think you drive off a lot of aromatics and stuff like that, probably. So like fresh press cider sort of has that, um, right. That advantage there. And, and it just tastes totally different. You know, like Jordan was saying earlier, it's fun. It's choose your own adventure. Yep. Yeah. And as you were saying with yeast, I, I'm one of those, uh, I don't. Okay. I said, you said champagne yeast, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's what you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I raised my hand. I, I don't, again, I got to get on my shit. I keep, I keep lying. Um, like no, I yeast. use what's that? I said, or like wine yeast or something. Yeah. I was gonna say that's, that's what I use. I usually use like a white wine or a rosé yeast in my, in my, uh, in my ciders. Um, so one thing I was going to ask is, um, so, you know, since first, yeah, I did a mead recently for the first time and did more reading on that. And I've done yeah. wine once, um, or, and we had said earlier, cider being wine, uh, have any, either of you, uh, used like an acid blend or anything like that in your, uh, in your ciders? Um, cause I've seen that that's something that's, that's commonly done within wines and meads. So to, I, uh, I haven't done it yet to like lower the pH before fermentation starts. Yeah. Yeah. I have not. So I, I usually don't, um, not because I don't, <laughs> It's because I mostly just don't care. So if I was doing something, so I've never entered a cider into a competition. I think that if, if, if I was going to do that, um, I, I would take a pH reading. I would do an acid blend. Um, I would get it down below. I think uh, 3.7, I think, is the highest that you want your pH to start at for a cider. Uh, generally, according to like the experts, and I'm definitely no expert, but um Somewhere between 3.2 and 3.7 pH um, is a is a good starting point. And yeast is a really good buffer, you know, for pH. Like yeast will create the pH that they want to thrive at, like in the cider or beer, you know, or meat or whatever after the fact, usually. So, right. Um, for the most part, I think that as long as you get it under that um, that level, you're you're pretty much good to go. See, and I've always, um, the flip side, I guess, or a different view is I've always, I've only ever done ciders with uh, uh, hard or hand-pressed ciders or not hand-pressed, but pressed ciders, pressed fruit. And Mm -hmm. I've always um, heat treated it. So I've always brought my cider home, brought it up to 165 degrees or 170 degrees, uh, and then let it cool. Wow. Yes. I've never done that. I've never boiled it. Um, it was, it was one of the things, you know, Amy wanted to, Amy was the reason I got into ciders and, uh, cause she wanted to make one. She likes drinking them. And I'm like, this is, this is going to be yours. Then you're going to help me brew it, which is, is I actually did enter, enter the ciders in, uh, Michigan beer cup under her name or, you know, as a co- myself as a co-brewer, I believe yeah, because, yeah. because she was the, the primary one, but. Uh, her role in it was basically just stirring the pot, 
until yeah. 170 <laughs> and, then, and then not stirring anymore, you know, and waiting for it to cool down or throwing the immersion chiller in there. So we always, I've always um, pasteurized. Yeah, but I think that, and there's no wrong way to do it. Um, I think it just depends on what you want out of the cider. And uh, if you don't pasteurize, that can potentially add to some of the nuance. Um, yeah. If, if you do have like bacteria, you know, or other wild yeast in there that were pressed in from the, the cider or something like that, there's, there's a very, very strong chance that that's going to get out competed by whatever you pitch. Um, especially right. if you're using something like, uh, what, like 71B, I think is like, a, yeah. it's like a killer strain. So I think that yeast actually like secretes the enzymes that kill other yeast. Um, so I've always, always used Cali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've always used Cali uh, 01. I think is the only thing I've ever used for for ciders. Just a yeah, a normal ale strain. Yeah, I've yeah. used I've used that and and Bell Saison and uh, White Labs actually made uh, sweet cider yeast for yep. a while, which I think was just like a lower attenuating yeast. So I actually bought a packet of that sweet cider yeast, and I had this big vision last last fall uh, during cider season. Um, that I was, I thought I was being unique. I, I was on a flight to California or something. I came up with this idea to do a stouted cider and I thought I was going to be special. <laughs> and what, what is cool. that? So yeah. it was, it was literally, I was, I wanted to almost do like a graph, um, not quite 50, 50, but basically I was going to steep, uh, dark malts in cider, uh, to mm. come up with this dark, out cider thing I had yeah, in my yeah, mind yeah. and I bought the I bought the sweet cider yeast I bought all the dark malts work got really busy I think I spent you know the last like a, a month that quarter in California or more than a month and never did it but someday but yeah that was that was my thought was I'm going to try this sweet cider yeast and I'm going to incorporate dark malts in with cider like so a graph is typically uh, a beer that's brewed and then mixed with cider, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, typically I think it would be like a 50, 50 blend and I was less or less, yeah. but I wasn't going for that. I was going, I was, I wasn't actually going to brew or, or mash. I was just going to steep. You can steep dark grains, which is just soaking uh, the crushed dark grains and the hot, hot liquid mm-hmm. or hot cider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had thought, Oh, well, you know, we'll throw in some cinnamon sticks or, Oh yeah. Um, okay. You know, fall warming spices, uh, maybe a little clove, nutmeg, and and have this dark black stout cider. That was my dream. Snake bite, Ron. Yeah, I don't know what that is. He's gonna have to. We'll bring that up. He's gonna have to explain what that is. If 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 what I'm I'm talking about is a thing called snake bite, Ron, then you gotta let me know because I one. So I thought I was being original and unique, and then uh, you know, short Google later made me realize that there's all kinds of uh, breweries out there that have done stout cider combinations of some sort. <laughs> so I wasn't being special. I still would like to do it. Um, I, I, I still just to scratch the itch and get it out of my head, but yeah, but yeah I, I did buy that white labs, uh, sweet cider for it and I never used it. So, and I don't know if that yeast was even anything special, like the I've read about it once, and people are just assuming it was like a very low attenuating like ale yeast or something like that. Oh, Guinness and okay. Cider. Oh, okay. Guinness okay. and Cider. Well, we used to call that a black apple. I think that's, that's yeah. What, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, That's what I've had before. If you would have asked me back when I was in college, I probably would have known that a lot sooner. Okay, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna go off air for a second while I go and get a Guinness and a cider. I will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> um. So yeah, I, let's talk about since uh, since he mentioned it, let's talk about graphs for a second. Have you have you done a graph before? I I have not done anything really weird with ciders. Like I've never I've never done a like what is it? Um, not piment, but yeah, I haven't mixed anything outside of fruits. Like. Okay. So, um, so the way that, that I do a graph, and like Jason mentioned, a graph is uh, it's usually some sort of wart, like a, a beer wart. So, uh, some sort of uh, like malt or malt extract, um, maybe like lightly hopped and then mixed with um, cider or juice and then fermented. So, um, I like to keep it really, really simple with my graphs, and I'll usually do about one gallon of beer wort for four gallons of cider. Um, and to make it simple, I usually use uh, dry malt extract. Um, oh, I didn't I, know you I, did I don't, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, um, right. I don't have the exact measurements off the top of my head, but I think uh, roughly enough to to match whatever the gravity of the of the cider is. Hell yeah. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll bring that to a boil and then I'll take uh, just a little bit of some hop, like uh, maybe a Columbus or uh, even like a uh, Kent Golding or, or something. Uh, keep it real, real low bitterness because the, the bitterness will overpower the cider um, pretty good uh, for what I understand. I've, I've never, you know, boiled like a whole ounce of citra and a gallon of wort and mixed it in, but um try to keep it restrained um, and then, I'm not uh, as, oh keep, keep going sorry no no I'm, I'm good. <laughs> just boil it for 30 minutes mix uh cool it down pitch it in with a cider and call it a day pitching your yeast and uh it, it turns out real nice i think that um i think that doing bitterness like that works out real well and uh, provides a lot more flavor and aroma than just dry hopping a cider um, I know we have a, we have a buddy Travis who I think um, likes making a, a, a Citra cider uh, yeah. most every year, and they turn out super super good. But it takes a lot of Citra to get that like uh, aroma and stuff through. Gosh, I, I want to say he almost used a half pound in five gallons once. See, that's that's what oh, so I was that's a, a little confused on that because I've done hop ciders. I usually use Nelson in my hop ciders, but Nelson's good. It's I use like three ounces at most, but then again, I also just, I dry hop in the keg and then they just stay in the that keg. That probably makes a difference too. So. So, so you're saying Drew is, Drew is trying to do, or who is doing this? Travis. Travis. Yeah. So when was he doing it? When was he adding it? Like, I don't, I don't honestly remember. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to bug him sometime. But, yeah. mm. All right. Snake bite. So is that a half, half? Yeah, it's a, it's a half half. I'm using uh, I found Virtue Cider, which is just okay. a, I love my blur Virtue Cider, which is a Michigan semi semi dry, and then Guinness. Nice, nice. Thanks, Ron. Cheers. <laughs> that sounds so good. I've been on a big cider kick lately, which is why I, I I suggested we even do like a cider talk like for today. I've just been buying them and drinking them like nobody's business the last couple of weeks. How is it? It's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's Guinness and cider. How can it not be? Yeah, 
I <clears throat> is it like a, more like a tart bubbly Guinness? Yeah, it's it's still got the 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 malty notes, the you know the the earthiness and the dark darkness of the 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 Guinness really combines with the a different earthiness of the apples, right? Um, cool. I'm losing my words tonight too, but I like it. It's good. <laughs> so it, it, if I try to go back to what I was thinking about when I was coming up with the stouted cider, I was thinking something a lot more malty, a lot, uh, a lot more of that darker malt bitterness that Guinness is super smooth, right? For a, a, a stout. I know everybody, you know, non, I guess craft beer drinkers think Guinness tastes like dirt or dirt and it's dark and nasty, but it's, it's actually quite a, a smooth, mild. Yeah. I, I, I love Guinness. <clears throat> um, very easy going, easy drinking stout. Uh, so I was looking for more, more of that, uh, you know, black patent charcoal kind of okay. dark malt bitter to complement the apples. But, uh, Damn, this is good. This is good. So, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna crack open a beer here while everybody else finishes up their stuff. And then we can do uh, Mike's IPA maybe as our. So thanks, Ron. Now, now Brandon says he used to make fun of fun of his friends who drank snake bites, and I say you're an asshole, Brandon. Or me. <laughs> I used to have snake bites, as in the piercing. Oh, maybe I can. Or, or that's oh, the yeah. way I take. It. Yeah, have yeah, yeah. The snake bites was the piercings. It, the, oh. Like David Draymond from Disturbed. It was the yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought you were making fun of the, this, yeah. Brandon. That no, <laughs> no, no. He didn't drink them. Oh, there he is. No, he didn't drink them. No. Yeah. So this, yeah, make fun of that. That's that's all day long. This is fucking tasty. So, thanks. That is. He also Brandon, since he's on here, he, he asked about have you ever looked into making a cronk, and uh, this is a little off topic. I had no idea what the hell this was. I don't. So stop, I had to look so. it up. Um, and maybe I'm just going off of Wikipedia here, so I don't. I don't know what's. <laughs> this is the first thing that came up. It, it says Doctor Cronk's compound sarsaparilla beer, or simply a cronk. Um, says uh, an American. Uh, flavored small beer made with sassafras, sarsaparilla, ginger, green tea, and molasses. See, I would call that a braggot. Is there, is there, did he I say mean, honey? <clears throat> no. No, sassafras. Does, does a braggot have to have honey? Yeah. It, it, it does say small beer. Is there like an small actual... Beer. So, I mean, it sounds like a hard root beer. Um, yeah, that's that's what it yeah, says. Sort of. It's yeah. resembling a spicy root beer. Interesting. Okay. Oh, Brandon says no malt in it. So yeah, it's just <sighs> no. So no, Brandon. I, I I don't think any of us have you. You learned us something today. That's nobody probably will. <clears throat> yeah. So, why not? I, I've got. I've had like many, many failed hard root beers. Um. And uh, I, I just I haven't liked any of them, but I've I've gone down that braggot route of honey there has been honey in that and i've i've wondered if that's been the vein so i'm gonna look that up i'll try it out so the reason is craft c-r-a-f-t homebrew club which i mm -hmm. don't remember what that stands for something river 
I don't know. Fuck them. Anyway, <laughs> not fuck them. I hope to have craft on someday. I just can't remember. <laughs> right. They're a great club. They do a lot of things for charity. They're an awesome group. Love them. Uh, we just keep but, them. But oh well, now I'm going to say this is craft. <laughs> yes, yeah, we keep them. Craft uh, does this amazing hard root beer, and they they give the recipe out like every year that I've been there that I've had it at Homebrew Fest. It's just fantastic and. I've taken the recipe and I've brewed it and it's always been shit. It's been absolute terrible shit. I've dumped every batch. Hmm. Okay. But when they make it, it's amazing. So, <clears throat> Oh, and then Jeff Fraser, this is on to you. So we're yeah. bringing it back on topic, bring a cider <laughs> of Philly sour yeast, which is going to yeah. bring that yeah. pH down. So, yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting question. And Brandon might have some insight on this too, because uh, he's the only person I know that so far, uh, besides me, that's brewed with it. Um, I have a sour New England that I'll be tapping tomorrow, actually. But I think that sounds delicious. I know that uh, Philly Sour absolutely loves sucrose. Um, I don't know what <laughs> what kind of sugar cider has in it. I wonder if we can even do like a, a quick uh, look at that. But Googling. yeah, I mean, so it, wouldn't it be fructose? I believe it would be probably mostly a simple answer. So yeah, double check it. Um, but uh, as it is, it uh, when it consumes like maltose and stuff like that, it uh, throws off a lot of uh, red apple. You are right, fructose. And then uh, it makes sense. <laughs> I think uh, the presentation that Brandon gave us a couple of weeks ago said if you. Uh, use up to around 2% sucrose. It starts to throw off like a lot of peach esters and stuff like that. And I definitely started smelling uh, that. In so would you, brew, but. if that's what it likes, I mean, what's, what's is to, I, I mean, I, I think just adding some sucrose into some apple juice. I mean, that's, or, not, that's just table sugar, right? Yeah. Dextrose, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think that that would be super fun, and it's something that I'm probably going to do now because I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> you know, so. so we've talked about, and, and I know we're jumping around a lot here, but um, when don't we? I haven't really. I've had some tart ciders that are naturally tart, but I don't think anybody has ever. I don't think I have ever had a lacto sour cider, and that just I sounds. Can't, I can't think of one. Sounds super cool. Like, why haven't we done that? That's. That should be a no-brainer. Like, let's kettle sour or I think, sour. I think I'm going to get a, a starter going tomorrow. Oh. Some of the the Philly I'm, sour I have frozen. And say on on the on that aspect, I don't know why I just thought. It, well, I think because uh, I've seen a lot of had a lot of beers recently that I've had uh, lactose in it. Um, a lot of fruited sours with with lactose mm -hmm. milk sugar. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a cider with vanilla in it. No, no once I have seen it once uh, up in Traverse City, but. I don't see that very often. I'll see like um, <laughs> nutted ciders uh, with like vanilla Ooh. or something like like a pe <laughs> like a pecan cider with vanilla. Like maybe I think I've seen once before. Um, and, um, I think Distant Whistle uses it occasionally too. They have like a whole series of like cocktail ciders that they do. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of some, if some vanilla was in one of theirs. I can't remember if I use vanilla in my um, my pineapple upside yes. down cake. Oh, I think I do. okay. So yeah, uh, then, then I Brandon's have right. Vandermilde has actually, I think 
Brandon doesn't. Vandermeer has a couple of different ciders that have vanilla in it. Mm. Um, I guess I'm just not paying attention to what I'm buying. Yeah. Uh, the other thing. Uh, so just a quick check on Reddit. Uh, Lacto doesn't like environments. It looks like that does that just are, are doesn't like fructose environments. So oh. you have to add some other kind of sugar. Lactobacillus doesn't. But oh, but you have Philly sour. Philly, right? yeah, Philly sour is the Lachantia. I think that's how you pronounce right. it. Species yeast. Uh, so it's a lactic acid producing yeast instead of a bacteria. So it's totally fine with hops, which makes me think it'd totally be fine with fructose too. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It was literally not mentioned in anything that I've read so far that I can think of. So, so you'll you'll prop up a starter. You'll be able to tell us the week after next. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jordan just bought some too. So I did. Uh, what, what are you going to be doing with yours? Um, not quite sure yet. Let's see here. I've got about uh, five pounds of two row, four pounds of Pilsner, and uh, two pounds of Vienna. So that's probably what I'm using as my. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know. Just mix it all together. Nice. We've got a bunch of uh, oh, what is the uh, what's that hop? Sauvignon Blanc. I've got a bunch of that left, so I might just use all of that and make a hopped sour. Yeah. I was gonna say you got the base for, uh, yeah, like a kettle sour. I would go yep. that route. Mike, uh, just a real off topic, <clears throat> real quick here. Mike Lightfoot. I don't know if you're. You're watching still. I know you made a comment that said hello from Lightfoot Brewing. I, I, did, I didn't see that in chat. I saw it on my Facebook feed. So I'm not sure if you commented on another video if you're actually watching this. But hey, man, yeah. we're <laughs> thank you for the beer, and we'll get to your IPA in a, a few here, too. I was going to say, I saw him post earlier, but I think he posted on an older video. That, that might have been when I was like also like doing my little tech freak out thing, too. Or so. our Facebook is just all screwed up. So we have had yeah a couple of technical difficulties tonight, and Facebook was acting a little weird earlier, and uh, who knows? So yeah, I hope Mike's watching. Uh, I'm looking forward to the IPA. The California Common is delicious, but I have another glass of snake bite to get through. So, cheers! Chug this down. So yeah, uh, other styles of of uh, cider. So yeah, not only does it um, differ from you know apple to apple and crop to crop and region to region, but like country to country and stuff too, right? So, um, I guess uh, so. I. I'm only speaking from like the research that I did prior to um, having this episode. Cider, like imported cider especially, seems to be not so common to find. I don't know why. I guess it's just not, you know, a hot seller or whatever. But um, from what I'm reading and I'm looking over here, uh, French cider tends to be a little more sweet and more champagne-like. Um, so maybe like highly carbonated. I don't know how... Is there such thing as sweet champagne? Champagne fucks me up. I stay away from champagne uh, <laughs> at all costs. If I drink uh, champagne, it's brute. It's the super uh, stuff. I would I would like to try that, but it needs yeah. to be at home under Shana's supervision. Um, <laughs> there's Spanish ciders, which are apparently quite tart. Um, from what I was reading, like almost like vinegary tart, like not quite, but just like like. At the at the absolute end of that spectrum, just like, um, 
<clears throat> like like teeth melting like well, and i kind of want to try that i do too I, I actually like some of those vinegary sours and so maybe maybe the, yeah. like uh, philly sour will produce something like that but what the, you miss though is on the on while you're on the, the 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 imports is there is actually quite a bit of imported cider where so <laughs> cider drinks um yeah. are big in england and ireland uh strongbow um yeah uh what's the other okay. one what's the irish cider it starts with an uh, m magners magners uh magna magnus uh yeah i mean so yeah. those are like the traditional the first ciders i think that came over well then English well then why, why doesn't walmart carry these like where <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. that's that's a good point i used to drink the crap out of strongbow um uh, yeah yeah, there's a, there's a, there's Strongbow. There's another there's another couple I know that I've tried here in Kalamazoo that are are traditional Irish, uh, Irish or English or maybe even Scottish type ciders. And I know you know, of course, I'm talking to David. I think and and you know, just my own fascination with England. Um, you know, that's when you went to the pint, you know, the, or the pub. Those that's what you were getting. You were either getting mm -hmm. a cider or you were getting a a, a bitter. Um, JK Scrumpy, yes. So, oh, yeah. yeah, Scrumpy, Brandon Edwards, Magners, there it is, Magners. And Jeff's talking about how he uh, adds a lot of lactic acid to his ciders after he's done too, and I, I definitely do that as well. I I prefer that bite, uh, so, so I totally get that. It's yeah, a difference, though. I, I saw that, and I wanted to make this association. So, like, I've brewed several kettle sour beers, which creates lactic acid. Mm -hmm. And... I've also taken a beer and just poured lactic acid in and you get two completely different flavors. You know, there's, there's, while yes, it is all lactic acid and the sourness is there. Uh, you know, the sourness is, 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 you know, from the lactic acid, but it seems like to me in my own personal opinion that the lactic acid created from, you know, the, the yeast process or not the yeast, sorry, the bacteria process with that, you know, sugar in your beer creates different flavor profiles than just pouring lactic acid and lactic acid just adds tartness. And so I think <laughs> what I was going for was that whole fermented processed, you know, I just think it's a more rounder, fuller flavor, not to knock it. No. And, and I think again, going back to the Philly sour, um, I think it has a, it's a very clean tartness too, but it's not so inauthentic as just straight up adding um, lactic acid to the drink too. Um, so I, I don't know. I, 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 I've been just, tasting it. We'll, we'll have to see, man. It's funny. Cause I was just in, I, I was just in a long car ride with John Sutton. And we were talking about this where, you know, I, I said, you know, I, I brewed a beer and I just poured lactic acid in it to make it sour to see what it was. And it was very one dimensional and flat and boring, you know, and I've, kettle soured with uh with lactobacillus you know and i've i've gotten that ph down to the same place and it's got all these nuances and these characters but i've also kettle soured uh with lactobacillus and i didn't get the ph i wanted because i didn't you know keep the temperature where it was or whatever reason i, I still used the bacteria to get to a certain point and then i finished it with lacto lactic acid and it was fine Mm -hmm. It was just I've like that too. Yeah. the bacteria needs to add something, you know, other than just tartness. The lactic acid just adds tartness. So that's all. 
I mean, I, I agree. It's fine to add. I'm not saying any, it's anything wrong with it. That's this all came out wrong. I need to Brandon. Uh, Brandon suggests phosphoric acid. And sure. Take like a take like who a needs, gallon. Who needs tongue <laughs> yeah. teeth or just a bunch of star sam? Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. That in your beer. <clears throat> um, and then New England ciders. So. Um, not uh, to be confused with a New England IPA. Not to be confused with a New England IPA. I was going to ask, Brian, I'm surprised you haven't tried to do a neat cider. <laughs> no, uh, so these are more American, and uh, they're not they're not hazy ciders. They're more just like adjuncted ciders. Um, so brown sugar, molasses, raisins, uh, barrel-edge stuff. Ciders. Yeah, yeah. So, so the stuff that we get from... Uh, like make maybe those like pecan vanilla ciders like those might be more like New Englandy I think maybe that was actually the the thought that I had with this stouted cider that we talked about before was yeah and then styles that nobody's invented yet was that that brown sugar <laughs> molasses spice you know fuck yeah maybe I'll add some raisins to it um, I have experience with raisins. <laughs> Let, let's hear it, Jordan. Let's hear your raisin story. <laughs> you say that like we don't want to hear. Uh, no, Brian was there for the for the first iteration. <laughs> yeah, maybe the first year. Yeah, yeah, the the first year. So when, when I first started getting into ciders, uh, one of the big things that I thought of was, was like I went went big into. I bought like well, big <clears throat> for like being a new brewer. Bought like three batches of fresh press. I can't remember what I did with the other two. They were whatever, but one I put in, I, I just fermented out on like what it was like three or four pounds of raisins, just dumped it right into the fermenter, let it sit sit on them for a couple months. And, was it was it because they were supposed to be nutrients? Brandon asked, and and I think we've all read that at one point in time or another. What's what for raisins? Yeah, like like in mead, like yeah. uh, like like adding raisins for nutrients. Yeah, like, yeah, well, I think that was, you know, I was completely, you know, it was just experimenting. I was just fucking sure. around with it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the the beer or the cider took back off. Um, yeah, and it seemed, seemed to add. I also, so I guess I didn't say this before, I also put like two and a half pounds of extra dark brown sugar in it. Um, so it ended, it ended up being like a nine and a half percent cider. Oh my God. Is this the one that we had at your graduation? Party? Yes. That yes. nobody remembers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's it. I think I lost like ten glasses that night because people kept dropping them. There was there were, there were love relationships made that night. It was <laughs> it was a wonderful thing. Um. So yeah, uh, go really heavy on the sugar, and it does a really good thing. Yeah. And add lots of raisins. That was a that was a good cider. Honestly, everybody loved that thing. So that that wasn't a bad story. I thought you were talking about the. Uh, that little, maybe they weren't raisins. You had a little like one gallon jug sitting in your basement for like oh, years and those years were and raspberries. years. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looked like little tiny turtle brains that were yeah. inside. Oh. The, <laughs> it was just they turned gray. I had some with pears too. I ended up making pear vinegar with those. That's that's what that was. It was. Uh, I put. Uh, I had this. I think I've talked to you guys about my mead that. I've had for seven years. I don't know what the fuck to do with. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I put it like five years ago, I put a gallon of it on raspberries and they did that. I let it set for years. And then they, they just, it just looked like some horrific science experiment. <laughs> and I finally pulled the sample and tasted it. And it just, it tasted like cough syrup. 
like raspberry yeah. or like red NyQuil and I dumped it. You should have like, marketed that stuff, man. There's <laughs> no saving that shit. <laughs> it was that, dead. That, that might even be a good transition love, into like uh, in, into how to make cider and like how to not fuck it up. Didn't we talk about that earlier? You stir it. Yeah. And then you, yeah. And then you, you, you get drunk. So, so what do we, what do, I mean, what do you need? Right. Uh, so if you want to get into making alcohol, cider is the way to go. Like it's so cheap yeah. and easy to get into. Yep. You need a bucket, which you can get at like any homebrew shop or like Lowe's, as long as it's food grade or Home Depot or whatever. You need an airlock, probably. Um, you need a hole in the lid with like a grommet, so your airlock can like that. So your airlock. So the lesson can... is just go to your local homebrew store; they'll have all that stuff. You don't have <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then uh, you need juice and yeast, really. I mean, those those are like the basics. I would argue yeah. though that you can actually technically just go get cider pressed from Husted's or Verhag's, put it in that bucket, throw an airlock on it, and magic will happen. Yeah, it's true. That's absolutely yep. true. I, uh, yep. You Maybe. you don't even need an airlock. You can you, uh, you, you can don't. you can put it in a like one gallon jug with like a condom on the top, and it'll just I like balloon up. Make, make sure it's ripped. <laughs> but yeah. Whatever. A, a, a um, container in a balloon. I mean, kind of yeah. balloon. Yeah, they serve the same purpose. But if you're gonna if you're gonna use if you're gonna use juice or you're gonna use anything that's pasteurized or if you're even even if you're gonna go buy cider, uh, check your cider because some cider mills do pasteurize before they sell gallon jugs. If you're going to Verhaegs or Husted's where they're pressing right into the bucket for you, then obviously that's not pasteurized. Houston said that they boiled last time I got it there. It depends, and I've been there while they're pouring apples in, and then oh, coming out cool. into my bucket. Yeah, okay. you, you can. Um, I don't know. Every time I go there, I go right into the. They have like a little greenhouse behind it. I go right mm-hmm. in there and I stick my bucket down, and he. Yes, that, that, that's they, all boiled stuff right there, though. No, he's pressing. He's throwing apples in it. Oh, yeah. Every time I've been there, they have. Uh, so I've. Oh, I guess I've been there twice. Uh, I guess in different ways that they've once they were actually just pulling it out of the stainless steel, it was like fresh press. They weren't pressing at that instant. Right. But it was still in the vat. And then I've been there where they, um, um, sorry, my camera's like all sorts of, <laughs> no, mine's been doing that tonight too. Yeah. Um, anyways, I've been there where they had, um, they were pulling it out of like food grade 55 gallon drums. Um, so I, I, I know that I watched them grind the apples and, and get juice and I can, that was a while. That was hell. It was two years ago. Um, so I don't know that they may have changed. I know that Verhaeg last year I was there and Verhaeg's was actually, they were pressing. Cause I, I remember having to wait for them to clean out a, a batch of pulp. Yeah. And Verhaeg um, stopped calling me. I'm a little sad about that. They stopped calling. They used to call you. Yeah. Yeah. They used, I, you can call them and they'll put you on a list and, um, that whenever they have like cheap cider stuff that they're just going to pitch basically really? uh, turn it, turn into, um, they'll turn it into vinegar. They'll let you come in with as many buckets you want. They give you two for like two fifty or three, three fifty a gallon, something Damn. like that. Hmm. But they stopped calling me. Like, I think I'm pretty sure I signed up last year and I just never got a call from them. Just went to Husted's. Yeah. I, I'll say, you know, a good, point for any homebrewers that are listening to this in the Kalamazoo area, both those locations do give a discount if you take your bucket 
you know, typically I think for Hague's is somewhere around $7 a gallon. If you're buying the gallon jugs, if you take your bucket, I think they give you a buck off. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be held to it. Don't want to piss them off. But I think the yeah. same thing with Husted's, I think it was, it was cheaper uh, if you take the, if you take your bucket. So, well, that's, that's, I guess, another good point on cider uh, is that it's, it's a, the price is a lot more variable because it depends on the harvest. That's so like if they, if they don't, if they have a late like spring freeze or something like that, and the, you know, the, the apple trees don't get the right pollination or whatever, and they have a, they have a shit um, harvest for a year. I mean, your, your cider prices are going to be through the roof. I mean, when I sure. first started brewing cider, you could go into the store and buy a gallon for like four fifty or five bucks. But now most of it's like seven, seven fifty, eight. So that's, that's, that's what that's what you pay for juice now, roughly. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's and, and the same thing's gonna hold true if you're doing if you're like Brian brought up varietals earlier, you know, if, if you're going for the honeycrisp press, you're sure gonna pay more than if you're you're going for the mixed press or the you know, whatever. All, uh, all the leavings uh, basically all the leavings, yeah. together, yeah. Yeah. And also, I think I said this last time, or maybe I said it in the homebrew meeting. Uh, last year, I was pissed because I had missed it, but Husted's at the end of the season pressed pears. So, I got some of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so keep an eye on their Facebook. Oh, they just, I went they and post. joined that when you said that last time. Yeah, they, they, they posted. They're like pressing pears for, and I think it was like two days they had pear yep. juice, you know, or pear cider. Oh, man. It was super good. I I'm gonna if they do it again, I'm gonna add some uh, cinnamon to it next year. I think mm, yeah, maybe, maybe make it like a semi dry or whatever, and I think it'll be good. But to get back to Brian's thing, you take your juice, you mix in yeast, you put it in your bucket, you throw the airlock on it. Is you, the most... you have nutrients on there. I mean, you can you can add nutrients. So I think you should. I think you have to. <laughs> I am so you can you can do it however you want. Um, I think so. Just like mead, right? Um, yeast needs uh, nitrogen. There's like yen measurements that you 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 want to hit. Yeast assimilable nitrogen levels, and I don't think it's as high in uh, of of a requirement in cider as it is in a lot of meads. But um, even just pitching like wine amounts of like the dry like yeast nutrient or DAP or something like that uh, could make a, a world of difference between having a cider that maybe needs to age a couple months because it tastes a little like alcoholy and hot and a cider that you can uh, just sort of like bottle up or keg and drink right away. Yep. Um, no, I, would, I, would, I would agree there for sure. So not, nothing hard that you have to do. You don't have to freaking do calculations or measurements or anything. You don't, like that. You don't have to do like 12 hour additions. and Yeah, no, nothing like shit. that. Yeah. Yeah, literally uh, uh, take a wine whip or, or a big old spoon or something and just whatever the bottle says, dump it in. Yeah. Um, me, me, it can be more complicated just because a lot of the time you're getting such a high ABV with mead. Um, unless you're specifically shooting for like a hydromel or something like low ABV. Um that the, the, the nutrient requirements in those are usually pretty high with a cider. I mean, you just give it, give it a little bit of, you know, a nice right. little pat on the back and say, go do your thing yeast. And so before good. we get into the exciting world of keeving, 
which sounds oh, shit. totally nasty. We should drink uh, Mike's. IPA, yeah. yeah, let me. Uh, so Jordan no. actually gave me this when I went to drop off Mike's beer the other day. I'd say uh, this is what I've been drinking. Oh yeah, what do you think of that heavy drop? So it has me excited for mine. Uh, mine's more tart than this for sure. Um, okay. And so it maybe has me a little bit worried too of how fast I'm going to be able to drink this. I know Brandon was saying he's uh, he he he's worried about how fast he's going to drink his, but it's good. I mean, it's so it's totally solid. Like I have no qualms with it or anything. Yeah, as as I said, uh, you know, on the the chat thread before, like I don't I don't know if I would call it like it, purely based off of its cloudiness. I don't feel like it's cloudy enough to be like a New England. It's it's a little cloudy, but so I, I oh, go, go it ahead. was good. I drank three of them. So uh. is, uh, <laughs> so I wonder if like, I don't know. I don't even want to get into the new England discussion. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> uh, Jason has a whole new, uh, a whole new respect and probably, uh, uh, opinion on, on what those beers are like now and, and whatever, but, I'm actually a little New England out. I mean, yeah, no, I can totally see that. You know, no, I'm, so I'm, I, yeah. I did, I did just come back from a safe, socially distanced uh, tour of many New England breweries, uh, or at least many bars located in New England that were selling New England brewery beers. Whatever. I don't know. All I can say, if any of you guys ever get out to Boston, go to Trillium and just stay there. That was. <laughs> And so Fucking that amazing. maybe maybe this is along the same lines. Because so as I was drinking that, and well, I'll, I guess I've got a point on cider. I'll I'll get back to it in a second. But uh, when when I was drinking that that heavy drop, you know, I was like, what what? In all honesty, like objectively from a normal consumer's point of view, what differentiates that beer from just being a hoppy sour? Let me taste it. I haven't had that one yet. I did try several sour New Englands over the week, this last week, and or a couple anyway. And uh, they they still have the mouth feel. That, so I, I think a sour New England. I'm going to talk while Brian thinks, and they should have that. They should still have that pillowy mouth feel. They should still have the juicy uh, hop characteristics, but just that tart underlying. But shouldn't that sour. shouldn't the sourness cut some of that juiciness though? It doesn't have to if it's paired right with the hops. I mean, I had one at Thin Man, uh, Thin Man in Buffalo that was that blew me away. It was just, it was a citrus uh, one, but it was like that's the only one I've had. So maybe, maybe that's just not the greatest example. But that was, yeah. it just got me. It kind of got me thinking on like kind of that um, uh, along the same lines. We had it had the conversation during our IPA episode of of uh, you know what the hell's a quadruple IPA? Sure. You yeah, know, yeah. It just kind of, it kind of seems like really like a marketing gimmick. To me. That's, and that's exactly what I was going to say is um, it's, it's whatever is more popular right now. So new England's are super popular. Right. It's tart. So yep. it's sour new England. If, uh, if sours, yeah. If sours are really like really, really huge and that's what was selling. Which which they are like the fruited kettle sours, but yep. But, I mean, I, 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 again, I, I don't know the one you just drank, but I felt like the sour, the ones that were specifically saying I'm a sour I, New England IPA, they had that a lower pH, that lacto bite, 
but okay. they were also, you know, that super citric galaxy Amarillo juicy, uh, fruit. Yeah. Like, like maybe the, um, the chloride like was kind of kicked up in the water still and stuff. Like I'm still sort of really new to the whole sour game and mixed fermentation beers and like all of that sort of stuff. And, I feel like uh, you go your whole life and still not be an expert on that. Totally. <laughs> and uh, and I still don't know how that how how like water chemistry plays into like those sort of beers because they're just not as I don't they're just not made as frequently, right? And so like people just don't have the knowledge, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a big brewery that like knows, you know, what you're doing and, and you have your shit set in stone and like we make fucking great beers and this is how we do it. And right. Yeah. I don't know. No. Well, okay. So I guess we'll, um, yeah, I've, I've got, got yeah. Uh, so Mike's Mike's IPA, uh, this was, I got I poured a little cloudier. I think I, there was a little settlement. And I, had, I, had I, I accidentally poured bottom. a little bit of sediment too. Yeah. I had yeah. some um, sediment. I tried to do my best home brew pour, but so looking at this recipe, so we've got some, uh, Marisol, your Golden Promise, Vienna, a little bit of Cara, Cara Pills, um, and it looks like it's an all Chinook, oh, except man. for some hop extract, which which I think uh, is like sort of the the Pliny way to do it. I know the Pliny just to get that big hop. I love how so in his alpha acids. I wish I could show this on camera. Uh, Mike actually is great. He sent us the recipe, so he added. Five mils of hop extract, and for alpha acids, he wrote huge, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Great, Mike. So let's see. All right. So he's a he's a RO brewer, so smells super fruity. I'm getting that um, malty but fruity. Yep. Yeah, the, the malt the malt is like yeah, really strong. So I have to say, I'm not bragging. I've had Pliny Fresh. I, I work in California. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. So. So typically, I'm not a huge Chinook fan. Um, Presidential Brewing recently made like an all Chinook um, pale ale or IPA. I forget exactly what they call their <clears throat> their. Uh, their their series of like single hot beers but chinook is uh, one of my favorites man uh after that beer and then especially after tasting this maybe maybe i'm just like becoming an an adult beer drinker like like, to to me like you get like a good in chinook you get a good mixture of like a little bit of citrusy but then there's also a little piney and earthiness earthiness is what i used to hate but this is used it's so well utilized. It's just well balanced to me. It is. So that's what that's what I was gonna say. With my 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 experience with Pliny is Pliny Fresh was actually kind of sweet and had a real nice earthy um, balance. And this this has that. Not the sweetness I don't get is there. I get more of that earthy piney. Uh, Christine Sherbert Hoover is great. The the pink beer uh, is one of my favorites for sure. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? Speaking of that, and I have not gotten back to my cider point yet, but you know we're we're just I gotta gotta make this point. And I sh- I should have done it um, when we had presidential. I don't know if I did that. I forgot to look, but 
funny enough, like my mom, my mother is not a beer drinker whatsoever. And some reason she, you know, I was talking with her. It was, it was shortly after Charlie was born. And she was like, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some place down there that makes a pink beer. And like, <laughs> it, it's like the president's brewery or something. I was like, Oh, presidential. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know that. She's like, I really want to try that. I'm like, Oh, well, I'll see. I'll see if I can get you. So I, I ended up yeah, getting some for it. And yeah, she absolutely loved it. But for some reason, somehow she ended up seeing it on her Facebook feed. And yeah, it was just kind of, kind of a weird thing that, you know, full circle kind of came around. Yeah. No, theirs was uh, their write in ballot. Um, is is what it was called. He's done a, a couple right in ballots. That's his like single hop uh, beers. Yeah, he he did a Chinook, and they had a lot of the same like flavor and, and aroma. And, and like, I there's so many like you know they call them like what cheater hops like on the market now, right? Like the uh, the Citras and the Galaxies and the Mosaics and the Simcoes and Amarillos and stuff like that. But I feel like. And this, looking at his recipe, he has a lot of early, like, boil additions and stuff like this with Chinook in it, too. But, like, I feel like we're going to have this resurgence of breweries using uh, hops that have been around for a long time in new and different ways now. Because whirlpooling wasn't really a technique up until the last, like, five years or so, probably. At least really widespread. And um, there's hops out right now, like Comet, which I think was, like... Shit, Comet's been around since something like the 70s, I think, or maybe earlier. And it was originally like a USDA-grown hop that was originally bred to be really high ABV so that um, breweries could, like, create, like, better, more bitter beers without having to waste all, like, the hop material and stuff like that. And uh, But but Comet has, like, a really citrus forward sort of, like, taste and aroma when used as, like, a late edition uh, hop sort of like citra um and i think that like we're gonna hopefully have like a bunch of new fun beers and i come back years to that people yeah. I, so I did that. Oh, back to, to mike's beer i don't yeah. again mike i don't there's there's no outstanding off flavors i i think i get a little residual sweetness on this one that i didn't get in the california common that, that maybe I don't know what the final was, but it might have could have gone a yeah. couple more points. I'm really trying to be extra critical and nitpick just because I feel like we should give you some feedback. Other than that, it's fucking fine. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's it's good. I I will agree with you on the on the sweetness factor. Uh, but that's again a personal personal preferences. I like I like my IPAs a little drier. Um, but that's right. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say under attenuated. It could have been what you meant for this beer it's not like no it doesn't taste and and what's funny like even looking at like the the recipe it's maris outer golden promise vienna which are basically all base malts and then carabills so like here's where i would go i I, so here's my advice and i feel like i've said this a lot lately mike throw a pound of rye in it too <laughs> I fucking love your rye. I love rye. And rye, <laughs> if you throw a pound of rye on this, it's going to give it a little bit more of a snappier finish and and help elevate the hops. I think that the malt hangs out too long for the hops. But I'm not again like I'm kind of like Brian, I'm not a super huge Chinook fan. It feels like this is a really malty IPA. 
I was just going to say that this is this hits this hits me like a Midwest IPA, right? Like, right. Um, really malty and, and the bitterness is there. Yeah. But again, you're a damn fine brewer, and if this is what you were going for, and if it makes you happy, then fuck it. It's, it's a good beer. It's a good beer. Yep. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be happy to have this on tap. I'm not, not going to lie. But yeah. So okay. So back back Christine, on to uh, God, oh, yeah, Hold on, Christine. <laughs> oh. I love this. Anything with fucking in the review is good for me. <laughs> fucking fine beer, Christine. It's a Thank fucking you. fine beer. <laughs> uh, that. There we go. Anything with fucking in the review is well, good. So, yeah, so Mike, I, like it. I mean, we just cracked this bottle and like, I don't have a whole lot left. I, I don't actually realize I'm like drinking it. I'm just like taking sips in between talking and uh, it, it goes down real easy. So uh, my friend, you're getting me drunk tonight and it wasn't your intentions. So. And, and I'll have to say, I really, <laughs> I, I really appreciate you throwing your beers out there. You know, oh, I would, dude, yeah. Thank you so much. I, I would love to do more homebrew reviews on here i was i was joking with brian earlier you know i listened to brewlosophy and last or two weeks ago or three weeks ago whenever i forget the the episode was they had a beer on and they the first they cracked the beer and they poured it and they're like man that smells like farts and i'm like wow you know they're just (laughs) fucking they're brutal brutal yeah and so you know and and i know you and i I don't think we're going to be absolutely you know we're never going to be rude rude but i would never um, be less than honest but to put your beer out there like that is awesome. Thanks for for being our. Oh our no, first it, it takes some. Review. Yeah, no, it takes some. And for everybody else that's listening, or whoever may listen to this, if you want us to do it, we'd love to do a homebrew review every show. Absolutely, uh, it does require three bottles to be dropped off to at least one of us, so we can shuttle it around. Um, but uh, we're happy to drink your beer on air and give whatever feedbacks we can. None of us are BJCP certified, uh, and none of us yet. are are really yet. And none of us, uh, all of us are absolutely full of shit. So, um, you're going to get what you get. So, yep. But cheers. Back Thanks to ciders. Back My- to ciders. Okay, are we talking about Keeving now? Well, hold on. Uh, oh, shit. All right. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan has I, things to say. I just had one, one thing I wanted to point out. So, one of the, one of the big things with ciders that um, I guess a lot like Mead's was the fact that you, you you could get in there and you could stir it around. You could mix it up during fermentation, whereas with, like, beers, you usually want to let it sit. But oh, you're right. It, it, it is a wine. I mean, and, and wines mm-hmm. typically do de, uh, do have, de-gas. like, gassing and Yep, they smell. Uh, speaking of farts, they smell, no, my no. basement okay. smells like fucking sulfur. Not uh, if you do the proper amount of nutrients. Nutrients. No, really? Oh, okay. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. But we yeah, need a little. Was, we need a little like uh, uh, thing that we can pop up to be like, "Fuck you, Brian." I used to have a soundboard. <laughs> I could just like, beer, beer. <laughs> we can we can do that. I think can't we? Um, I can tell. I've had it's a Monday night, and I've had more beers than I probably should have. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that's uh. So I guess without the proper nutrients, uh, ciders may end up. There is yeah. <laughs> ciders. Ciders may end up smelling a bit more, so that's just something to keep in mind. They can, they they can, and uh, my first one did. Absolutely. Yeah, they can be very sulfury. They can be very. Uh, although you know, you know, the same thing with some beers. You know, pilsners can be very, you know, uh, oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and vegetal and. Um, oh, Shanna loves that word. Vegetal. 
I'll remember that from now on. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're listening, Shane, or you will be. <clears throat> um, where were we? <laughs> keeving. Keeving. What the fuck is keeving? Well, I didn't even know what the fuck. So I'm, I'm not Googling it. I think I should. <laughs> so, it's really crazy. If you, sex do, if you do Google it, God damn it, spell it right. <laughs> No, so the first time I heard about it was like probably late last year, she and uh, and I totally forgot about it. Oh, shit. <laughs> She's listening. Um, oh, that's totally fucking cool. Um, not to like get off topic, but how fun is that? God, I would love to go on a cider tour. Um, but so so Keeving uh, is a it's, it's a it's a like a traditional French process. Uh, I heard about it first last year on uh, like probably Reddit or something like that. And then totally forgot about it up until I started, um, excuse me, reading about like what to talk about for tonight. Um, and so it's basically uh, the process of intentionally creating like a semi-sweet, like semi-dry cider without having to use things like, um, uh, 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 like sorbets and, and stuff like that. So, um, basically, what you do is you take fruit, apples, because we're making cider, and you crush the shit out of them. That was that was a good that was a that was a, that was a good yeah. Mike burp. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers again, Mike. Cheers, Mike. And then, and then you let it sit. So, um. When you let it sit, um, I guess I guess a couple of things happen, right? So all the apples and the juice and shit like that, it's gonna get like kind of brown because that's just what you know juice and apples and shit do, like when it gets like exposed to oxygen. Um, but then pectin starts to leak out of the of the cells, um, and uh, what as as like homebrew is typically what we know pectin for is uh, like pectin haze. Uh, like if you boil a cider, and we were talking about that earlier, it will actually like set uh, the uh, the pectins, which is a protein, I believe, um, and it will create like a sort of permanent haze in the cider, which if you're entering glint cap, you typically don't want. Um, but as the pectin like sort of like leaks out of the uh, fruit, it sort of starts to like coagulate at the top of the cider. And it creates this, uh, there's a word for it. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's like a brown cap. There's a French word for it. Um, it's just sort of like a nasty, gnarly, like a brown cap. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and as all the pectin is sort of like rising up, it starts to collect like uh, yeast and other like, like cider garbage in with it. Um, and so that'll come to the top. And then during, you know, those 24 hours, roughly uh, other stuff sort of starts to sink down to the bottom because uh, gravity. Uh, and so there's kind of a split, right? There's shit that's pulled to the top. There's shit that's pulled to the bottom. And then you have all this stuff in the middle. And all that stuff in the middle is really, really, really deprived of nutrients. Um, 
so what happens is the the French or whoever is making this style uh, will take all of that cider from the middle and they'll pull that off and then that's what they make their cider with and they don't add any additional nutrients to it. What they want to do is they want to make a cider with the nutrient deprived uh, like juice or whatever that they're extracting so that the yeast ferments for a little bit and then eventually just like dies off. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but then it'll, it'll, it'll die off. Right. Uh, uh, and, and it'll still leave the, the cider like with a little bit of like residual sugar. It's, it's purposefully like making the cider stall out. Um, <laughs> and so that's what keeping is. Uh and, and apparently, because you're letting it sit for a little bit, like that, those 24 hours, uh, just like if you were to let wart sit out for like 24 hours or whatever, right? It might start to get a little bit funky. It might start to pick up some like other weird like natural flavors, like the yeast uh, that's naturally on the apples might start to build up a little bit. And so, not only do you get like a you know semi dry or semi sweet, I'm not sure what the proper termination there terminology there is, but um the flavors are sort of more, I don't know, unique. It's like, it's like making a mixed fermentation beer with like drags out of like five different bottles. Kind of, it's like, you don't know what you're going to end up with, but it's going to be maybe. So that's Keevan. I, I, that's, that is Keevan. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like, uh, I like it. Yeah. You know, so I've always done my back sweetening with like frozen concentrate, you know, or something to get that sugar. So, I mean, you're right. If you can, if you can kind of stall that out, then you, I think you can retain some of that natural flavor. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Although I will have to say it blew my mind. I never thought of this. It was just me being stupid. Um, I think I was talking to Drew and he was like, oh yeah, I, I hold out a, gallon of the original cider and when i finish i back sweeten it was it you no it no you? Uh, somebody else told me that and it blew my mind too i know i was like holy shit why haven't i done that so yes folks keep a gallon of the original cider throw it in the freezer yep. and when it's time when your cider's done and, and you've hit terminal uh gravity terminal velocity that too yeah. <laughs> you can you can throw some uh, original cider in Maybe even with a, 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 a an appropriate amount of sorbate to kill it, stop and the pe fermentation. Pectic enzyme. Or pectic enzyme, yep. And, and, or, or, and, both. whatever. Yeah. Both. Thank you. Um, sorbate and potassium metabisulfite. Boom. Then you're good. Boom. What, did oh. he just, I didn't. Did his did his, his internet, internet just dropped or something? All right, now the show without Brian. Let's <laughs> Brian the Brain Stevens. Brian the Brain. Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like my drop the mic thing, right? Like it's I know you're like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I closed out my tab while trying to look at something else. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, <laughs> the tab at the bar was so easy. Bye. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up on chat. Hi, Joan. Nice to see you. Hi. Uh, Joan, Joan's a lovely lady that brings me candy that has other things in it. So thanks you for the nerd rope. Times two. Oh, my God. I had a piece of that. No, she brought me another one. Ugh. <laughs> I, just, I, I will point out Brian's uh, 
how the I I I feel good. It's a Monday. Dude, it does. Like sometimes I end the show and I'm like, how many fucking times? rambling so much in the last like 15, 20 minutes? Like, ah, oh, God. I know, but we, we have the banners to tell you that you're doing it. And for <laughs> those of you that are watching, we um we want to drink online in front of people. That's why we do this. So Christine, let's yeah, we you know what? Sure, you know, yeah, we yeah. did an interview can, on let's the, talk about it. We did uh we did some intros on the first very first episode. Um None of us are professional brewers. We're all from the Kalamazoo area. We're all in the Keepers of Craft uh, Homebrew Club. Homebrew Club. We're home brewers. Um, we know a lot of brewers. Um, so I'll start. I'm Jason. Nice to meet you. I'm from Matawan. I brew all grain beer, and uh, I'm, I've been in Keepers of Craft for for seven years. I'm. Uh... I'm not. I'm not affiliated with Omega Yeast. It's just my favorite yeah. hat. <laughs> I won this in a competition because, thanks to Jason, Jason, I'm not sure how it looks on your screen, but uh, I got really into brewing for competitions uh, in my last probably four years of my brewing career. I've been in keepers as long as Jason has, uh, basically since its inception. So right. I guess seven it years. Started. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No, I'm not a professional brewer at all. I'm. Uh, I'm just, uh, we're just three home brewers yeah, that like it's... to talk about beer and drink on camera and you're here for the ride. So, and then Jordan. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, me. Yeah, it's pretty much the same story. Uh, I've, I've been in keepers. I was, I was at the initial meeting with Jason for the keepers, keepers, of class craft club out at one well, when they were first, uh, first thinking about getting it started off. Um, Yep. Yeah. So I've been in I, however long that's been seven years. Is that how long the club's been been going? Is I that, honestly didn't know that. You, uh, I don't know. So, so you've been have you been homebrewing for seven years? Keepers has only been around for maybe like four or five, right? Five uh, years. Yeah, five, years. five years. No, I've been I've been homebrewing for close to ten. No, Keepers has only been around for four years. Because we're getting ready. Because we we did most of the first year without official membership, and we're getting ready to do our third official payment in December. Yep. We did 10, 15, yep. 15, I think. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so basically, yeah, we're, we're all from the Kalamazoo area. We're home brewers. We know a lot of the, the, the pro brewers in the area, uh, uh, friends with a lot of the pro brewers in the area. They used to be home brewers. Uh, we decided to do this show just because we, 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 we missed bored. each other. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, wanted to hear more of Brian's pretty brain. And and I think that the, in general, the, the, the Michigan brewing community is an amazing community. So, it is. Uh, and, and I'm going to go back to uh, my call out to Tagabrew. I'm actually going to commit to doing a Tagabrew call out every damn show. All right. I was, I was texting with Deb la uh, last week, you know, and she talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the community that is Tagabrew and how the community feeds Tagabrew and the community feeds us. It's the same thing. Um, you know, our viewership may go up or down, but, but we're out there. We're, we're trying to get recognition with the, the Michigan homebrew community, the Michigan brewing community, uh, and Tagabrew does a lot of that. Um, so Tagabrew on, if you haven't, if you're not a Tagabrewer and Deb, I'm going to keep shouting you out. Uh, and yeah, so, so tonight we talked about ciders. We drank Mike Lightfoot beers. What else? I, I wish I had a cider. I wish I could just yeah, like stay on and like chuck some. Honestly, I wish I had like... another snake bite. Because, <laughs> yeah, damn it, like, Ron, that was good. 
what is it? Indian summer is what you, what, what you recommend. Is that where you pick up from Walmart or. So that's local. That's up North. Mott's is actually really local to us. Uh, Mott's is made in Pawpaw. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that either what? until Jason told me. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Pawpaw. Mott's is right, right on M40. Uh, just, just North of I-94. Uh, if the things you learn. All right. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's also, it's a, it's a boiled or pasteurized bottled, uh, juice. So it's not, it should not have not sorbate. sorbate. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it before you buy it though. Um, but yeah, Mox is local. Um, same thing. If you really want, if you want to make some prison wine, Welch's right down the street. i think that's all i had to say on slater though tonight guys honestly all right well so next week we're gonna talk um most likely talk uh, about home brewing maybe Uh, so next next week is the first monday of the month oh shit shit you're right so we might have a homebrew meeting next week but the next episode will most likely be tbd on 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 what happens there so and, and follow, i'm not follow the facebook page yeah and get notifications i, th- I think smash we that get, like button. um <laughs> oh and hit that bell <laughs> uh, i think we should get a local homebrewer on for the next episode don't you guys agree like yes uh, yeah that'd be excellent who would be a good local homebrewer that participates in the show regularly and has lots of information and experience brewing gee i don't know maybe um mm, I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah, Mister, <laughs> Mister Edwards. We can have a whole show on pegging. Brandon, why don't you join us in a couple of weeks or a week? We'll see, and uh, and let's let's talk about how you brew, and maybe Brandon, we could try some of your beer. Yeah, there we Man, go. That's a novel I'm calling idea. that motherfucker out. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's still watching. So hopefully uh, the next time we're on, whether it's a week or two weeks, depending on if there's a homebrew meeting in South County, uh, maybe we can get uh, Mr. Edwards on and drink some of his beer. Um, oh, man, pressure. There he is. Yeah. You know, this is great one. We didn't even ask him first. We just decided to do it. I just to do it <laughs> right he doesn't really have a choice now. So. Here's the drinking. Cheers, yeah. guys. I'm already done. I killed that Mike beer. That was not hard to do. <laughs> Nice. All right, guys. Thank you again for joining us tonight. Have a good one. Yep.